Welcome to 7 Minutes in Book Heaven. My name is J. Peter Bogosian. I'm an essayist, Lambda Literary Fellow, and founder of the Queer Armenian Library. And this is the podcast where I interview LGBTQ authors about the new books they have coming out for us to love and to cuddle up with. This is part of our Summer of Book Love series. Every Tuesday for the rest of the summer, we have your next book to read at the beach or at the pool or in your bedroom next to the air conditioner. New episodes of This Queer Book Save My Life return on September 18th. But today, I'm joined by Lucian Childs to discuss his new book, Dreaming Home. Hello, Lucian. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to talking about your book and getting to know more about you. So how does that work? How does our podcast do that? I have seven questions for Lucian, and we're going to spend the next seven or so minutes in this virtual studio talking about Dreaming Home, while also getting to know more about the amazing writer who is Lucian Childs. So Lucian, are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. The timer is set. And here we go. Question number one. Please describe Dreaming Home as if you're sharing it with your celebrity crush and telling us who that special person is, of course. Well, I guess like many people after White Lotus, my celebrity crush is Aubrey Plaza. I just love her (laughs) snarkiness and her intelligence and her wit and her ability to underplay everything. And yet, you know exactly what she's thinking and feeling. Um, so I would say that uh, my show, I was saying to Aubrey, uh, it starts with a very Aubrey Plaza-esque character, the, the sister, who's a little bit snarkier, a little bit jazzier and sassy than Aubrey usually is. But um, So it starts in Fort Hood, an army base in Fort Hood in Killeen, Texas, and then it moves to San Francisco and finally winds up in Fort Lauderdale and covers a for almost 40 years in a fairly short span from 1977 to 2015. Uh, it's being billed as a coming of age, coming out story. And I guess to a large extent it is, but I really also see it as a family drama. So you get in this, it's a little bit interesting form. It's a novel in stories. So, you know, the whole thing has a big overarching narrative. It feels like a novel, but it's told in six short stories. Each one of those has their own arc from the point of view of um, the main character, the central character, Kyle, his sister and his mother, and Kyle's two um, lovers. So uh, add to this family drama, issues of domestic violence, conversion therapy, queer youth homelessness, San Francisco at the heights of the AIDS crisis. It's a heady mix, but it's also funny because, I mean, what are you going to do? Got to laugh, right? (laughs) So (laughs) there's plenty of opportunities, mainly the women, I have to say, in this book uh, are oversized characters. And, uh, you know, they're saucy and sassy and and brash. And so there's plenty of uh, opportunity to to write uh, funny dialogue and scenes. Um, But, you know, it really does center around the trauma that uh, the main character Kyle experienced in his childhood and how that affects him going going forward in his whole life. And uh, so he has problems with depression, difficulty maintaining relationships. But, you know, through that, as we all do, create successful lives. He becomes an architect in San Francisco. So, you know, it, it has to be 
know, hope springs eternal. And I think that's really important for me. And it's a mark of the book. So that's what I would tell Aubrey if she was here today. <laughs> Absolutely. And you just got a special recognition from the Globe and Mail, correct? I did. A uh, national newspaper here in Canada named it as one of the best reads of spring 2023. And, you know, I'm just a debut author and um, with no name recognition and was up there with a lot of big names like Kelly Link and some others. And so I'm pretty excited and also gobsmacked by the whole thing. <laughs> well, congratulations. Ooh, we're running uh, on time here. So we're going to keep it going. Uh, question number two. What is a sentence from a novel, essay, poem, or other book that every time you read it, it gives you all the feels? Okay, so it's from Maurice, you know, uh, Ian Forster's mm. book. And I think it's when they're in the hotel and they just had sex for the first time. Or it could be when they're in the boathouse about to run off to their fabulous new life, uh, which was beautifully described by uh, in the, uh, a sequel novel called Alec. I would recommend to anyone. Anyway, Maurice says to Alec... I should have gone through life half awake if you'd had the decency to leave me alone. Awake intellectually, yes, and emotionally in a way. But here, he pointed with his pipe stem to his heart and both smiled. Perhaps we woke one another up. I like to think that anyway. Mm, such a great novel. Oh, that sentence it makes you want to reread it again. Oh, thank you for that. Okay, question number three. What do you feel is the best sentence you've ever written? Well, that's a hard one, but I'm going to go with this one. It's from the fourth chapter of the book. I slurped my latte and stared out the large window at what would sometimes be a spectacular scene. The bay, sugar-frosted on blustery days, marbled when calmed bisected by the loopy catenaries of the Bay Bridge. Wow. He's looking out over, um, he's in a house above the Castro looking out over the, over the bay, and it's a foggy day, so he can't, he can't see any of that uh, outside his window, but he recalls it. That is very evocative. Thank you. Okay, question number four. What's the best romantic scene you've ever read? Well, I don't know that I've ever read, but I've read lately Alexander... Alexander Hennen has written this gorgeous uh, novel with an epic sweep, sweep called The World and All That It Holds. And it chronicles this huge story of these two lovers, Osman and Pinto. It starts out in Sarajevo at the outbreak of the First World War and goes uh, I think for 40 or 50 years, winds up in China. But at this point, they have surmounted like unbelievable catastrophes and hardships and have found this um, moment, uh, this interlude of calm where they can enjoy their love in private. And there's this one night in, they're in Tashkent in Uzbekistan in this uh, glorious summer night in this garden. And I just thought I'd read one beautiful line that Pinto says to Osman. He says, everything I've ever had, everything I've ever been, the whole world I've always hidden and carried inside me. When you are right here and I can touch you, it all comes out with ease, like a breath. And mm. I just love that. It just 
makes me think of the times that I've had that kind of situation where you feel deeply recognized and you can be finally yourself at the deepest level. It's amazing how recognition can be so romantic. (laughs) Because you so infrequently get it, you know. (laughs) I know, right? On that kind of deep level. Yeah, I know. Mm. Okay, question number five. What are your favorite scents or smells to write about? Well, you know, in writing, you're always told to write all five senses, and uh, I, I try to do that whenever I can. And But, you know, I, I'm a human being, and human beings favor sight. I, I guess that's because we used to be like hunters way back in the prehistoric days or something. So my writing is super visual, and people are telling me now because they said that it feels to them like they're watching a movie in their head. So Yes, congratulations on that. That's always cool to hear. Okay, question number six. What's the worst writing advice you've ever got? Well, I just think of practically every rule you get in a writing workshop. You know, they're mostly for <laughs> short stories. And, I, you know, I'm basically a short story writer. So, uh, you know, they always say don't switch POVs. That's a big one. Don't head hop, they call it. Another one they say is, like, always start in medias res, you know, in the middle of the action, never with setting or exposition. And the only rule I would say that I really do resonate with is uh, a a standard is don't kill your dog is kill your darlings. So that's absolutely necessary. Mm. Okay, question number seven, promote yourself. How do we order your book? How do we follow you on social? It, um, it won't actually be in bookstores until uh, June the 6th, but I'm, if you're going to order it online, I'm encouraging people to order it from the publisher just because I think they'll get a bit, a bigger hit. Uh, you can find a link to, to that page on my website, which is www.lucianchilds.com, L-U-C-I-A-N, and child with an S. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm, and I try to tweet every day that um, I'm not always successful. I'm at at Lucian Childs. On Instagram, I'm at Lucian underscore Childs. Facebook, you can search for me at Lucian Childs dash author. And again, my website is www.lucianchilds.com. Perfect. Well, that is all the time that we have. Thank you so much, Lucian. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. This podcast is executive produced by Jim Pounds. Our associate producers are Archie Arnold, Natalie Cruz, Paul Kafer, Nicole Olilla, Joe Perrazzo, Bill Shea, and Sean Smith. Visit our bookshop to buy the books featured on our podcast, as well as to browse new collections specifically curated by yours truly. Check it out at thisqueerbook.com slash bookshop. On social media, we're at This Queer Book on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also at JP underscore Derbogosian on TikTok, where I talk about LGBTQ books. And be here next Tuesday as our Summer of Book Love series continues. Until then, see you queers and allies in the bookstores. <laughs> <laughs>